Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cashflow. And the best part, it's absolutely free to join. We're going to be talking all about raising your financial set point, taking your power back when it comes to money so that it no longer has its hold on you, having money respond to you as the sovereign queen of money, not the other way around, becoming wealthy without frying your nervous system, the exact steps to accessing financial abundance for life, and so much more. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th, and I can't wait to see you there. Hello, gorgeous friends, and happy new year. Welcome back to the Manifestation Babe podcast. I hope 2023 is treating you oh so well so far. Boy, do I have a special series for you. It's actually a bonus to the Manifestation Bay podcast because originally it was not planned to be recorded for my podcast. It was supposed to be a Mind Your Business podcast exclusive, which it is up there already live on James Wedmore's podcast. You guys know I love James so much, love his podcast. We have an amazing friendship. And when we get together, really magical stuff happens. Because this series is so good, so juicy, so valuable, I asked him if I could just steal these audio files from him and make sure it gets listened by you too. Because yes, we have a ton of audience crossover, but I also know there's a ton of you who are like, I don't know who James is, and you soon will know who he is through this episode. And the main reason why I really wanted to get it on my podcast is because we are talking about your favorite topics, the topics that you probably come to me for. (laughs) I'm guessing that if you're listening to the Manifestation Bay podcast, you love money, you love manifestation, and you love intuition, which there will be a special guest. I'm not going to announce her yet, who's going to come on for the manifestation and intuition portion. But for now, it is just the money portion. So this episode is part one of the series where essentially two multi-millionaire friends sit down in a living room together, literally we were in his living room, and talk all about money. 
how money has evolved for us over the course of the last few years. If you have any intention whatsoever of manifesting more money into your life in 2023, which I assume yes, fuck yeah, that's why you're here, you're going to want to pay close attention to the series that I am dropping this month. James also created a special workbook for you that you can snag at mindyourbusinesspodcast.com slash workbook, which I will also drop that link in the show notes. So you can grab that. You can just click it. Um, super easy. You don't have to type anything in. And essentially, this workbook is going to help you further integrate, embed, and embody the content that we share in these episodes for maximum effect and impact. So without further ado, let's dive into my favorite topic in the whole wide world with one of my favorite humans, money. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode here on the Mind Your Business podcast, and welcome to 2023 We're starting out the year strong with a very special three-part series appropriately titled and targeted to the topic of how to get what you want. Obviously, it is the season to set goals, but more importantly, to have the right strategy and approach both internal and external to really get what you want. So we are kicking it off with this three-part series, how to get what you want. Money, manifestation, and intuition. And guess what? I'm bringing my good, good friend, Catherine Zenkina herself, along for the ride. She is going to be my special guest throughout all three of these episodes. Plus, we may have another surprise special guest joining us. This is going to be fantastic. And guess what? We have created a really powerful workbook for you when you go over to www.mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash workbook. You're going to get an entire downloadable PDF with all the notes, you know, exercises, questions, everything that was really discussed and created in these really powerful episodes. We put in a workbook so you can really like squeeze the most juice out of this. So in this first of three episodes, Catherine and I have a conversation about money. Money, 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 money. Catherine, as you know, Manifestation Babe herself has built a wildly successful multi-million dollar online empire. And both her and I discuss in this episode how our relationship with money has changed and transformed over the years. And if you're in business, which most of my listeners are, then chances are you have some goals about money in the new year, like growing your business. Guess what that means? That means making more money. I don't know if anyone told you that, but that's what it means. And it's really hard to do that when you have a default, limited, lack-based mindset and relationship with money like most of us have. And really, before you can truly experience the abundance around money and wealth flowing into your life in terms of sales and dollar signs, something within has to change first, our relationship with money. It's time for a breakthrough in money. And that's exactly what Catherine and I discuss today. It's a really powerful episode, you know, because if I just like pull back for a second, she's just sitting in my home, Sedona, Arizona, and Two multimillionaires having a conversation about money. 
And it was really juicy, really good, really powerful. And I'm just really excited for you to dive in. So download that workbook, mindyourbusinesspodcast.com forward slash workbook. Print it out if you'd like. Keep it with you. Pause when necessary. Take notes. And do me a favor, tag us on the grams. Let us know. Send her a DM. Send me a DM. Let me know your biggest takeaways. What did you like? What did you hate? Where did I trigger you? (laughs) Kind of trigger you. Oh, I'm probably going to trigger a few people in this episode, and that's good. That's good because some of my relationships with money may conflict and threaten some of your old, outdated stories about money. It's time to let them go. Step into a new you, more abundant, wealthy you. Yes, please. Okay. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Without further ado, here's our first episode in our three-part series featuring myself and Catherine Zenkina. All right. We're in the studio with Manifestation Babe Catherine Zenkina. Stop looking at me like that. It's been like two or three years. It's been a while. It's a long been time. a while. You're back. I'm back. Finally, you invited me back on. What's new? I mean, not much. Just <laughs> not had a baby. Just had a baby. No big deal. No big deal. How's that like? How's oh, mom life? It is the best kind of life. Oh. Honestly, I was so worried about the sleep part. We did yeah. not hire a night nurse. And I think a lot of people thought we were crazy. I've been doing all the night wakings and somehow I still have so much energy. And I think That's it's because great. I was just built for this life. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How come you didn't do the night nurse? Okay. Let's get, let's get it. <laughs> it's funny because my reasoning behind it was first and foremost, I'm really, I had a lot of trauma growing up and I guess like, I don't want to pass mm. any of that down to my child. And I'm really big on like attachment parenting. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so for me, this is just for me, people. I just thought like that. I really wanted to be there for my baby when he cries in the middle of the night. I want him to expect to see his mom instead of a night nurse. That's just something yeah. that I really wanted to yeah. connect with him on that. I'll just be there for him no matter what in those early formative years, mm-hmm. early formative months. But the thing is that I have so much daytime help though. So I have like a personal assistant. I have a house manager. I don't do any of my laundry dishes, cooking, mm-hmm. nothing. So I have so much support to where I'm just able to focus on the things that are important to me and doing the night duties for me are important to me. Yeah. So that's what I created by design. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And I'm so happy for you. So excited for you. You you look so happy. So that's oh, that's am. amazing. I am. Now I'm gonna I just wanna ask something because like you had kind of this did you notice it? Like you gave this little disclaimer when you started sharing it. This is just for me, people. Yeah. What's up with that? Great question. I think that, you know, lately in the last couple of years, as my following has grown and as I've become more visible, mm-hmm. you know, like unhappy people. They need to express their unhappiness at somebody. And I think that when you grow a following, you become a bigger target. Mm -hmm. And this is just something that I've personally worked through where I'm starting to undo all of that. I'm starting to I actually give less disclaimers now than I used to. But it's just like this fear that so many of us can agree upon, I think, where people just misconstrue things on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And they think that everything applies to them when you know, I could be sharing something that's personal to me, but they could look at me and be like, oh my God, Catherine is saying that's true for everybody. That's so offensive. That's so insensitive. How dare she? And so I guess like I just developed this habit of reminding people like, 
hello, this is my opinion. Yeah. Not, it doesn't have to be your opinion. Yeah. And in fact, I encourage people to follow people who they don't agree with. And I do that on a regular basis. I don't agree with everything mm -hmm. that my friends say, my mentors, even people I pay to work with. Like I'm not paying them so that they can just tell me a bunch of things that I agree with. In yeah. fact, I like to be challenged. Yeah. And so I see myself in the same But there's way. a difference between being challenged and just someone who is, whether they're an unhappy person or just having an unhappy day that just projects everything onto the person they see on social media. Yeah. And then in some form of gratification says, let me try to hurt that person. There's a big difference between... I, cause I like, I love a great debate. I can, I love a great deep conversation where we can have different, you know, viewpoints. You're and a you, great devil's advocate person. And, yeah. And I, and I do. And I said, there might be things that you want to talk about today that I'll play devil's advocate on. Mm -hmm. But there's a big difference between that versus someone who just wants to like spew hatred. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so much of that, you know, like, especially the last couple of years. It's actually really sad that I want to do a message or a video. It's like been on my mind the last few days. I'm like, you know, it's so easy to do that, that it's like, it's actually sad that it's hard to like go on social media and be intentional mm -hmm. to just say something kind yeah. um, to like 10 strangers that you don't, strangers in it that you follow them, but you don't know them. And yeah. I've actually started doing that myself is when I'm on TikTok research, of course, I'm not, I don't use it for, <laughs> it's just, just research. And I see content I like, I make sure to go out of my way and say something nice about that person because how long have we been doing this? And you know, someone says something kind and that takes you so far, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like when it is hard or when someone does try to say something nasty and you, you know, you're like, gosh, like what the heck? I'm just trying to like help people. And there's some people out there that need some help. And you're like, this is what you get. And then when someone says something kind, it's like, I think the person that says that has no idea the impact it could have on another mm -hmm. human being. Mm -hmm. And I just got a card in the mail that like randomly came here. And it was like someone just sharing where they're at in their business journey since BBD. And it was like, Oh, I love those cards. And it's like, that will just, you know, like carry me so far. Not that I need it to be carried, but it's like, you know, it's just like, it's the reminder and the reframe of why we do what we do. Yeah. And, um, and it's so sad that there's so many people that go, I don't like that you're up there and I'm down here or something. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of, not that you are, it's just, you have a following, they don't. So I've got to take you, you know, it's like, it's... It's interesting because a lot of people have these opinions. I see this a lot where someone will leave a comment on like an influencer or someone with a large following and be like, you signed up for this because mm -hmm. you are an influencer, you have mm -hmm. a large following. But I don't think anybody when they first start out can really conceptualize that one day they'll have 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers, 300. They're just... Yeah. They're just putting their shit out there. Yeah. And the thing is, is that that person who, even if they have millions of followers, they're still that same person just putting stuff out there. Yeah. It's not like all of a sudden they just decided like they attach this label of like, I'm an influencer now. So now I'm open to all of this bashing and bullying. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. no, this is the same person who was once on their grandma's couch or once in the basement starting their podcast with episode right. number just one. Just a normal, just a normal, just it's like everybody completely else. completely normal and human. There is something in culture and society where we see people that are on the big screen, like a celebrity or an athlete as someone different than everybody yeah. else. And yeah. then it's in a way they try to, they bracket you as that too. It's like everyone poops, you know, like everyone's, everyone's just a, a normal human, you know, but however, to play devil's advocate, you asked me on your podcast, you know, when I went through a lot of challenging things and you said, how did you go through that? And I go, well, the first thing I had to remind myself is I signed up for this. And so there is, it's like, it doesn't mean it's, um, 
okay. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't mean it's okay that someone just says nasty things. Yeah. It's like, but it did remind me and frame it. It's like, but this is what I signed up for. It's like, I don't have to do this. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But this is what I want to do. And then you, it's kind of like those beautiful moments in your life where you get to look at it. It's like, is this really what I want to do? You know what I mean? And I've had those moments mm-hmm. and I go, Same. you know, where you go, I could start any other f- business I wanted to and be successful. Yeah. And I've had those opportunities. And so it's like, it's like, do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to keep, you know, sharing and teaching what you're doing or go build your real estate empire or go start that software idea that you had? Or just like hide or, behind a brand. Yeah. Or, or exactly. Or, you know, just write a book or two or something and call yeah. it a day. And it's like, it's actually really beautiful to sit there and realize that actually every day is a decision to keep going or not. You know, I do so I want to agree? You know, and then when it's like, you know, you still get some of that. Cause I mean, I've gotten it for the most sad. It's heartbreaking because it's like, there's a difference between like, yeah, you did something like, you know, you hurt somebody, right? Versus like, you're just doing that to try to take somebody down. Mm-hmm. And for the people, cause you know, we have a lot of influencers and emerging influencers or whatever labels we want to give ourselves that listen to this show is like, it only hurts that person that does the hate. And like, that's the thing that people don't understand. Like you still don't believe in karma. You still don't believe that the way the laws, the universe is that you're just doing that to yourself. If you're the person spewing that hate out of a place of like, you know, it's it's a very different car. And that's what it's very manipulative to say like, Oh, speaking up versus speaking hate are like two very different conversations. And to try to like, I'm threatened by your presence. I'm threatened by you. You know, what's interesting. A lot of people don't, like when I share this, they're like, no, you weren't. I used to be the saltiest bitch on this planet. Like I used to be one of those haters, but more so internally, like I would never go and like comment something, but I just remember being filled with so much jealousy and like saltiness. And I realized one day that like, well, first of all, it was only hurting me. But second of all, when I learned like the power of the subconscious mind and how the subconscious mind, this is what mm-hmm. I learned when I was 16 years old and I came across yeah. manifestation for the very first time. After this moment, it like shifted for me overnight, literally, where I realized that my subconscious mind is only applying what I say or what I feel towards someone else towards myself, just like scientifically how the subconscious mind works it doesn't understand that there is an outside world externally to you. When you are saying something to somebody else, it can only apply it to yourself. It can only see it as like, oh, this is the truth about me. And your subconscious mind is responsible for like 99% of what you manifest. Like manifestation is a subconscious process, not so much a conscious process. And so whatever you're putting out there, when you're like saying, spewing a bunch of stuff on the internet, like it's only going to come back to you. And like in business, it's hilarious. Sometimes when my team and I handle certain situations where I'm like, do you, like you also own a business. Do you want your customers to respond to you in the same way? Do you want people to not pay you? Do you want people to fall off your but that's what plans? I'm talking about. It's like, it kind of boggles my mind that people can't connect those dots, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe we just do this for so long. It becomes very obvious. Yeah. But it's like, I can tell that there's people that don't see that, that, you know, we can take everything that's like life and spiritual principles and we can apply it to business. So like when Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world, that's yeah. exactly what we're talking about. It's like, mm-hmm. be the customer you want to see in your yeah. business. Be the type of person that you want to attract in your own business. And you will attract that person. Absolutely. But you go around and be all nasty because there's some part of you that does not like where they are. And you see a lot that I need to take you down. I need to bring you down a notch. 
that only hurts you. Mm-hmm. And that's really sad. But you know, it's great to have this conversation. It wasn't what, why I brought you on the show yeah. today, but it, <laughs> I was gonna it, say we're going in a different direction. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that happens, but you know, there's, it is all connected. And what I wanted to talk today about you is money. Mm-hmm. My favorite um, topic. It's my favorite topic too. And why I wanted to talk to you about this is, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've met a lot of people. I've worked with a lot of people and I've spoken a lot about money. You know, I've talked a lot about money. I love your TikToks on money, by the way. Thank you. And I really appreciate that. I don't know a single other human on the planet, personally, that has taken on, you know, what a lot of people try to say about money and abundance. When I got started on my spiritual path and I'd read these books about abundance and stuff, it was like, they kind of came from these like broke spiritual healer type people. Mm -hmm. And I always had a problem with that. And then there was the other side of that where there was like these like 3D millionaire guys, you know, mm-hmm. like what people call like the Lambro type. There's just crush Blood, it. Sweat right? and tears, hustle, Absolutely. grind, yeah. 5 a.m. And, and I felt like there's got to be something in the middle. What happens when you bring two worlds together? And I have never met anyone else who has demonstrated that as well as you have, where you can be speaking to all of these topics around the energy of money, manifesting money and abundance and actually have it in your life, right? But not from you know, from actual head in the ground, Pollyanna, well, I don't know, it'll just show up in my mailbox one day or something, you know, like that side, (laughs) or, you know, just saying it, but then I'm just like, grind, grind, hustle, 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 hustle. And you know me, like I will beat the drum of these things over and over to students and clients and people want to scoff at me and like say, you know, oh, okay, you know, and, and then, you know, I can demonstrate it and back it up in my life. And then to see someone else that, that has that as well, is like, that's why we need to have this conversation because you're talking to not someone who's going to tell you how to manifest money because they just did their first launch on how to manifest money and made 30 grand. But because of somebody who has, you know, coming up on almost a a decade of consistent exponential growth and making butt tons of money and not like, you know, killing yourself in the process. Yeah. And it's like, what better person to talk to you about all of this, right? Well, thank you so much. That's well, a huge you know, compliment. It's not a compliment. This is a fact. I'm not <laughs> complimenting you. I, I, it's a fact. It's not an opinion. It's not. What I'm saying is not an opinion. It, 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 it's just, it's an observation of, of fact, but you can receive it as a compliment. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's like, I'm, and, I, and I mean that, and I see that through my own observations. And a lot of people that we've talked about this or other people that want to talk about it too, can't back it up. So let's start there. For the person that's already starting to understand principles and laws of the universe, why is it missing for them? Why is it not working? Money? Yeah. The money part? Yeah. The money part. I can so relate to it because I started my first business when I was 21 years old Mm -hmm. and I hit my first million dollars at 25. So Mm -hmm. that four-year period, two of those years, I wasn't doing like the money manifestation work. Like I wasn't really applying it to money. Like money was just this really hard thing in my life, especially coming from, you know, essentially like my family was on welfare growing up. Like my mm-hmm. mom just recently sent me these text messages and I screenshot them because they're so special. She sent me a TikTok. My mom is obsessed with TikTok. Like she learns so much on there and we like send each other TikToks all day long, mm-hmm. literally. And one of them was a story about this woman who, when she finally qualified for food stamps, she was a single mom. And I think she had three kids, four kids, whatever. They went to the store and they finally like bought the things that they could you know, that they could buy. They were no longer shopping at the 99 cent store with $10, like buying 10 items. 
And my mom was like, this was literally us. Like we were going to the 99 cent store. Like this is what the immigrants were doing. There's either the Russian store or 99 cent store. That's all we could afford. And she said, the moment we qualified for food stamps, we went to, you know, whatever store we went to and we qualified for like, I think it was like $500. And she's like, we bought this and this and this. And we even bought chicken wings and ranch dressing. And it's like, I just love to hear that so much because I do have a lot of memories growing up, you know, super poor. And I don't think I connected that we didn't have that much money until middle school because as children, your life just is what it is. And I hung out with other poor immigrant children. So to us, this is just like our normal life. Like we just live in a one bedroom apartment, like huge families just live in a one bedroom apartment. That's completely normal. And then I realized when I was outgrowing my clothes super fast in middle school and, you know, the high water pants and stuff like that, like, the other kids had Abercrombie and Fitch, but like I asked my mom, can you buy me something from Abercrombie and Fitch? And she's like, we can't afford that. So mm-hmm. I started to hear, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. We're poor. This mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like my whole entire life. And I started my first business when I was 21 and I was making like some money here and there. I remember I started at the movie theater when I was 19 years old in college. I was working there for two years. So I was making like several hundred dollars a week or something like that. And so when I, started my first business, like my vibration at the time, I was like, Oh, it's possible for me to make several hundred dollars a week. So all I could make in my business at the time was several hundred dollars a week. And by the way, that's a huge thing I see. I don't know if you see it with people that jump ship from corporate and they're able to like replace their income. And then that becomes a plateau. That's your vibration. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, after two years of just going like up and down and up and down, like maybe I made a thousand dollars one week, but the next week is like a hundred dollars. Right. So always evened out to this plateau and this multi-level marketing company was very big as they all are on personal development. So I remember being like, okay, I'm going to do personal development. I went off the deep end on personal development. First of all, I literally, I had like, um, I don't know how I did it. I used to work full-time at the movie theater, almost full-time, I would say. I think full-time qualifies as like 32 hours. I think I was working like 30 hours, but in a single weekend. Then I was going what? to... Yes. I was working like eight hours. You're doing like double shifts yes, from like I was. matinee all the way Absolute, to closing. Absolutely. Wow. And I was also driving three... I had a three-hour commute, hour and a half there, hour and a half back to my university. I was doing a science degree. They're not the easiest. The yeah. Bachelors of Science in Biology. So I would take, because first of all, I ended up doing five years, three years of university to a community college because there are so many prereqs that I had to get for med school because that was always my plan, medical school. So I was working over full-time credits, basically studying over full-time credits. And then I somehow like decided to start a business at the same time and also found time to work out and time <laughs> to cook all my own meals because I was wow. doing paleo at the time. Yeah. And paleo was not a thing like it is today where you can go to the grocery store and buy like gluten-free, dairy-free, paleo, this whole 30 yeah. approved, whatever. That didn't exist. And so I had to make all of that. I have no idea how I did it. But anyway, I would do personal development between my classes. Like I would listen to I think there's like two podcasts that exist at the time, Lewis House's podcast and Shalene Johnson's podcast. Those wow. are the two podcasts I listened to because those are the first two that I found. And there wasn't this like explosion of podcasts. I would go on YouTube and I would just watch videos and then I would just everywhere that I could possibly find information, I would absorb it. But it wasn't until after two years where I'm like, why am I hitting a wall? Mm-hmm. Like what is going on here? where I realized that I was applying manifestation, which I came across when I was 16 years old. So by this point, I did have a knowledge of manifestation. Mm -hmm. I was amazing at applying it to travel. For some reason, I, you know, I decided that I want to travel the world with my ex. And so on my movie theater salary, 
somehow we manifested like thousand dollar hotel rooms for like $50 a night. I would decide that I don't want to pay a thousand dollars for this ticket round trip. I want to only want to pay 200 and somehow that airline will have a sale or something like that. So that started to happen. I was like, I know I can do this. Like, I know I've seen it working, but there's something with money here. And I think that all of us on some level can relate to something when it comes to money, because I think that as a society in general, we're, we have a very unhealed money mindset. Like we're mentally yes. sick when it comes to money. Yes. And I think that's, you know, if we want to get esoteric here, I think that's like part of the plan. I of absolutely the matrix. think it like it's, it's to keep us powerless. Just distracted and focused on that. And hopefully we'll get to this. So if I don't yeah. remember, come back, but there's a huge conversation we can have that I believe is problematic in the sense that we put so much importance on money. Mm, I have and, a whole thing on that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and it's hard because it's like, you want to have an important conversation about money. It's a paradox. It's it, both it's important so, it's, and not important at the right. same time. It it's, has to be important enough for you to realize that you have to heal when yes. it comes to money, but also unimportant to where you're not comparing it to like, the thing is, is that one of my mentors taught me that the subconscious mind, when you make something important, it will literally equate it to breathing. Mm-hmm. And so it'll equate it to like, essentially life or death. Mm. And so many people have life or death symptoms when they're dealing with money. When they check their bank account, they have panic attacks. That's not normal. Right. So Mm -hmm. I recognize I actually had my first panic attack when it came to money two years into my business. I I would say that same for me as well. Yeah. I remember, I think like this is when I decided like, all right, there's something missing here. Let me get into the world of money. Like, let me just see if there's, what am I missing when it comes to manifesting money? So one of the things was at the time I was in debt, I was $25,000 in debt, whatever, but I didn't know the exact number. And I was never checking really my bank account. Like I was always terrified to check my bank account. And so my first assignment, I forgot where I got this idea from, maybe a podcast, YouTube, book, whatever, probably a book. And it was like, you need to get your head out of the sand and you need to come face to face because how can you heal a relationship that you're not facing? Like if you're not sitting right. down to have a conversation with a human being, how yes. are you ever going to heal that relationship? Yes. It's the same thing with money. You need to sit face to face with money and figure out where are you standing currently? Yes. And do you want to get and that, that? And that's universal with any problem. In your life. Any it's, problem. It's, absolutely. Yeah. It's all relationships, right? Yeah. So I sat down and doing that caused a literal panic attack. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was dying and this voice came through. And this is around the time when I first started diving more into spirituality and like honing in on my intuition. Cause I just wasn't raised to like follow my intuition. Right. So this is something that I realized, okay, it has some importance. And so I, this voice just came through and said, you need to grab your journal and you need to drive to the certain location and you need to just journal it out, like just start journaling. So I did, it was like this whole process of me finally coming face to face with all of my fears. Like what am I afraid is going to happen to me if I, really go all in and really go for it and really just break free from this like matrix of, you know, what my family taught me growing up and what society taught me growing up and what culture taught me growing up and what the haters say about money and all this stuff. And so I remember journaling and like after some point, I guess we can call channeling, my handwriting started to change. And it was like the most beautiful things I started writing about myself. And I started saying like these you know, Catherine, like, it's all going to be okay. Like, it's just, just this like beautiful, like random thing that I wrote. And I finally felt this like, okay, I can breathe again. Like I finally released all of my fears. I came face to face with my fears. So let's work on them. So from that day forward, I just decided to make money my project. Like it was going to be Mm -hmm. my thing where for the next year, this is part of my story, my one year experiment. When I realized when I was living on my grandma's couch, like I, what is the worst thing that could happen to me if I really go for it? And I really like develop myself mentally 
and I fall flat on face. Like, where am I going to end up? What's my worst case scenario? I realize right I'm already right there. Yeah. <laughs> so what do I really have to yeah. lose? And like, you know, at the time I was 23 years old and I was like, okay, like in the grand scheme of things, if I live up mm-hmm. to a hundred, what is one year? I'm yep. only at 23. Like I'd rather figure it out now at 23 than like 43 or 63 or 83 or whatever. So I'm like, screw it. Let me just go all in. And I just committed. I bought every book on like money that you could possibly find. I started to invest in like, you know, courses and mentors, whatever, to the best of my Mm -hmm. ability at the time, because again, it was only a couple hundred dollars a week. So there's only so far I could go at the time. And that for me was like the year that set the foundation of me just really clearing out the old BS and deciding like, how do I want to relate to money? What is my unique relationship? Mm. I don't have to just like, for example, my family has a lot of divorces. Like even when it wasn't, you know, nowadays, you know, people go through divorces. It's like, you know, we understand like relationships don't work out. But back then there was like a huge stigma of it, especially growing up in the Soviet Union. Like my great grandma has had two husbands. My grandma has had two husbands. Mm. My mom has now gone through her second divorce. Right. And so it's like for me deciding that just because someone else or just because this is normal for other people to have this kind of relationship, you have to decide to have these kind of relationships. So for me, it was with money. I was like, I get to choose my reality with money. And so this is the reality that I want to choose. There's um, something I heard there that I want to share, but I I wanted to actually go back for a moment that is really funny because when you started that journey and you noticed that it was like, I started looking at, oh, I can manifest the things, but I'm kind of like trying to circumvent the money. It was the opposite for me. Interesting. I was just, I was too logical and just like, well, okay, here's this thing manifesting. Well, I'll just manifest money. It's just math too. Yeah. It's just like, if yeah. I just manifest money, then I can just buy whatever I want to manifest. That was actually like my first beautiful experience in learning how to manifest. Say, like, oh wait, I don't actually need to focus on the money because that's where all my stories about money are. I could things. just say, I want this thing. And, and that's when things started happening. Mm-hmm. And then of course, later in life, things started happening that money can't buy. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow, these are just two different things. And it's not like one or the other, you know, because there are, there's a lot of experiences I've had in my life where I can look back and go, holy cow, like no amount of money. Like when we went to Africa with Village Impact and we got to stay in the village and they're like camping out there and stuff like that. It's like, that's not a thing. That's not like saying you go to a website. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those are like the people we knew and the relationships we built with Stu and Amy and the things we got to do there. And I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you don't just go to www to like buy me a trip.com. It's like, I got all the money. And it's like, those are things that excite me nowadays. But anyways, I want to go back because what I heard and what you were sharing that I think is really important to draw out is what I heard is that you recognize that you needed to fight in a way, like fight this old programming, fight the old paradigm. And I love that because I really think that it's not really talked about enough. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, just like love and light and whatever. And it's like, you really do have to like, it's like you are this warrior that has to go to battle against this current. It's like there is this current of your life that you're in the ocean. And if you don't do anything, you're just going to drift and it's just going to take you in a direction. And it's like, that's when going with the flow isn't always the best thing. Right. It's like going with whose flow, you know what I mean? Like the news fear, you know, like flow, like your family's flow when you're just recognizing patterns or your own flow. And Mm -hmm. it's like people that talk about, you know, I transformed my life and da, 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 da. They talk about this phase where they had to, paddle against the current to be free from that programming or that drifting. Have you read Outwitting the Devil? Well, you've 
talked about it with me. You yeah. were the one that turned me on to the book. Love that book. You summarize. I mean, you're yeah. basically summarizing that. That book is, uh, have I told you how I came across it? No. Well, you might have, but I don't remember. So I just broke up with my boyfriend of like six yeah. years. This is when I decided not to go to medical school. This is like mm-hmm. me deciding, like, I'm not living a life for myself. Yeah. I'm living it for everybody else. And I was just randomly, Catherine, go to your podcast app. I'm like, okay. Turn on this podcast. I come across, you know, I subscribe to like a million podcasts at this point. And like, cause more and more started to come out. And this particular podcast never listened to maybe one episode when I first came across it, never listened to it. And then it was like interview with blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't even care. I don't even know who this person is, but for some reason I need to listen to it. And within the first two minutes, they're like, have you read Outwitting the Devil? Wow. And the guy was like, oh my God, best book. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and I just went, I need to read that book. Mm-hmm. So I downloaded it on Audible, listened through it that whole weekend, three times. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. Wow. It changed my life. And I have one of my team members listening to it currently. And she's like, Oh my God, it applies to like right now, Mm -hmm. like with the recession and everything, like all this stuff that's happening. And I'm like, it's all the cycles of time. Mm -hmm. It relates. Like I think when Napoleon Hill wrote it, it was like 1930s, right? Yeah, but never published it. I know. And that's what's so crazy is that when they said like his wife was afraid of them publishing the book. So they waited until she died. Mm -hmm. And then it was 2009 when they published it. I mean, that book was right after the last recession and the housing crash. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. Wow drifting. You know, it's interesting too, though, because like that book, I wish I would have read it sooner in my journey, but I, mean, I read it. We can it. say that about everything. Yeah, of I course. I wish, I wish, I wish. But, it, but, but I mean, like, I think it would have had a greater, as great of an impact as it did on you. Just interesting little observation that did have a huge impact on me was Conversations with God. Oh, I love that book too. Isn't that interesting though? It's like, one is Napoleon Hill having a conversation with the devil. And then this is what Neil Donald Walsh, right? Having yeah. a conversation with God. Yeah. And it's like, those together, just like, you know, it's the dialogue, you know, like the Carlos Castaneda books are a dialogue. Yeah. That's you know, what makes it's them so powerful. Right. Cause there is that voice in your head. There's that part of you that's like holding onto the old and then that part of you that's like hungry for the new. And it's like, it kind of plays out metaphorically with the characters. Yeah. So step one, if we're putting steps to this is like, you had to find, and I think a lot of people aren't even there yet. Maybe not listening here, but like being on TikTok, you see there's a whole other world of people that like broke people, social media etiquette. That's what I see on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. It's been like when you have a video blow up there and I'm like, whoa, there's a whole world of people that like haven't even read a personal development book. I know. Like people are saying the worst things about themselves. Like, my luck would be that I would get robbed the first time, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, know. why do you say those things? It's about so eye opening, isn't it? Yes. And it's really heartbreaking. And I don't think that's our audience here, but I think step one, if we have to go all the way back to the beginning, that's why like contrast creates clarity. There's this observation of a reality that you want to change and seeing that maybe in others or whatever, you know, oh, I see it in social media, you know, and that's the thing too, is like, I always love this whole thing. Of, there's two types of people, right? There's like the person that when they see someone or something, they got the nice house, a nice car, they either are envious and jealous of that person or they see that as proof it's possible for me to. And I've been both. So I can right. I can see both perspectives. Right. And just like you said earlier, it's like if you're envious, you're telling your own unconscious mind, I don't want that thing myself. Or it's not possible for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Because you're saying having the nice house or the car, other things is bad and I don't want to be a bad person mm-hmm. and da, 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 da. So you're pushing it away. And it's like, can we not just like 
applaud and be excited for other people who are happy or accomplishing their dreams. Even yeah. if it's not what's going to make them happy, of course not. But you know, we're here to live life. Like, so why not live it and experience it? And, and mm-hmm. you know, and so I guess from there, once you realize contrast creates clarity, there's this clarity. I want something different. There's this fighting of the paradigm, you know, this going against the stream or the flow of what is the default programming. And just go on TikTok and you can see the default programming mm-hmm. yeah. in just the comment section. Yeah. That's proof right there yeah. that it exists. Yeah. Cause I told you right before this episode, we have a video. It's the most views we've ever gotten on a TikTok video. And so it's like, you get a whole nother different group of people. And I'm just like, and the video is about money. Mm-hmm. The video is about how you can cut any line. If you just pay for the person in the front of the line, you pay for whatever they're waiting for the line and you get your thing. And I happened to me. I was in line at a concert. It was a Mumford and Sons concert. And me and Stu McLaren wanted a t-shirt to commemorate the event. And he's like, dude, this line. And he, he goes up to someone. He goes, how long have you guys been waiting? He's like, about two hours. And I go, watch this. And I went right up to the front, about three people back. And I pulled out cash. And I said, today's your lucky day because I want to buy your shirts. What? No, 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 no. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I handed them the money. I wouldn't let go, right? I wouldn't put it away. I just until they grabbed the money. And I said, can you get two mediums of this one and that one right there as well when you're up there? No problem. They gave us the change back and everything. Like that made my day. We waited five minutes. Everyone else is waiting two and two and a half hours. Now I shared this on TikTok and you can see all the money stuff bubbling mm-hmm. up to the mm-hmm. surface for people. It's just really interesting. Yeah. But you know, there's something to be said about when you value your time more than money. Or when you see money as it is, is a replenishable, abundant resource that makes big problems, minor inconveniences. Oh my God, I love the convenience of money. Yeah. Like my favorite thing to spend money on nowadays is convenience. Yeah. Like how do I make things simpler, faster, more effective? Yeah. Or more fun or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So where do you want to go? You want to talk more about like how you kind of like in a way, I, I like to use that here. I don't think it's commonly used as like fought the programming, fought against that conditioned... Yeah. Paradigm of we don't have the money. We're broke. Money doesn't come easy. Cause mm-hmm. I had to do that too. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, and I was told I went to a reader once and they said, wow, uh, your dad and your grandfather's coming through and they want you to know that you've broken the cultural paradigm of like a, a money, a was poverty recent? consciousness. No, it was actually just my grandfather that actually came through. So I think it was my, my grandfather and great grandfather or something like that. But I remember it was two people that came through. She said, yeah. And she said, you've broken this vow of poverty not vow of poverty no 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 it was a conditioning yeah that had the, the lineage yeah yeah oh generational generational uh, yeah thank you that was the word i was looking for <laughs> as i stumbled through this is, you've broken this generational poverty mm-hmm. that you know because my grandfather was an immigrant and went and lived and really suffered through the great depression and that's when my dad was raised he was born in the 30s and so he grew up in all of that and that's you could talk to my sister, like he put that all on us. And I would say it's the same thing that you're talking about. Is like, there was just that stubbornness to say, no, there's something, this isn't right. Like there's something, it can be different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but you, it was like such a current against you. Like, I don't know how else to explain that to people, but I think you did a really great job. It's like, you're fighting against it until you break free. I think what clicked for me one day was, and this is like later on, but it, you can apply it in the same way. I'm pretty sure I had the same download. Where one time I was worrying about like taxes, like living in California and oh my God, taxes and things mm-hmm. like that. And I was just stressing. I didn't even know. I don't think at that point, like I even knew how much I owed in taxes yet or anything like that. I just started stressing out for no reason because I think we're just programmed to stress about certain things when it comes to money and not realizing like, 
well, someone out there is paying their taxes. So why not you? Like someone Mm -hmm. out there isn't struggling. Why not you? And I just remember looking out my window and seeing just how we can see like the Sedona mountains over here, the mountain ranges and hills and all that good stuff, the rocks, the red rocks. I just remember looking at these huge mansions in the hills, the, you know, Hollywood Hills, the Holmby Hills, Bel Air, like that was my view. And being like, I mean, someone has to live in those houses. Why not me? Mm. Yeah. Someone has to drive that car. Why not me? Like someone, <laughs> someone has, has to, to. <laughs> someone has to have the billion dollar yep. investment account. Yeah. Why not me? Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess I just realized like both exist. Mm-hmm. The wealthy people exist, right? Yeah. And the money's out there. The money is out there. Yeah. So why do I automatically have to go in this pile on the left when mm-hmm. I can choose? There's, you know, let's just say there's two piles, broke people, rich people, right? Let's just let's simplify it. Why do I have to choose this pile? Why yeah. can I go in this pile? Mm-hmm. Like, why can I go this direction? And just realizing that it worked for someone else so I can make it work for me. And I think that's what made me realize, like, is everybody happy here? I mean, yeah, you can say that they're happy in various aspects of their life. But I'm talking about the people that want money and resent it or repress it or don't admit that they want it or whatever. Like, they're not generally not happy people. Why do I have to be in this mix? Like, why can't I choose something differently? Mm -hmm. And I think that just being aware that something different is possible is what started to open me up. And as soon as you just put a little crack into something where you just have this tiny little idea, your subconscious starts to amplify it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what guided me to find the mentors who resembled the kind of life that I wanted to live, who perhaps started where I started from, who weren't just born wealthy. Because I think Mm -hmm. we have this assumption that people are just born wealthy or they're just passed down money. Because every time I post something online talking about my successes, or even like when I post it, when I'll post like something that Brennan would buy me, even though we share the exact same bank account, right? But he'll like, go to Dior. Like he bought me my push present and he Mm -hmm. bought some bags from Dior. People automatically assume I have a sugar daddy. People automatically assume we have Mm -hmm. rich parents. Yeah. Why is that? You know, like some, okay. So whoever started in that family lineage, like someone had to start from ground zero. Yeah. And so realizing that like, there's this story that's just being perpetuated and passed down over and over and over and over again, you have to, create just even one tiny little crack into your foundation Mm -hmm. of what has been in order to create what's possible. And I think that as long as you're just working, like people think that this is just overnight success or whatever. For me, it was just putting one little crack into my old foundation until it fell apart. And I've been in this place where it literally fell apart, where I was on my grandma's couch, like, okay, what do I do now? I literally let go of all uncertainty and I'm starting from ground zero. And what do I do? And I'm not going to medical school. And oh my God, my business, And then I was just like guided one step at a time, Mm -hmm. just guided to see things differently and to learn different things and choose different things. And eventually that compounded over time. Like a lot of people think that one day you're just going to wake up with this grand idea and you're going to put into action and you're going to become a millionaire overnight. Like sometimes it's just these tiny little steps, one step. I would, I would actually not wish that on anybody. Right. And here's why, you know, with us working with Don Javier, something I was actually just listening to last night that he said long ago is that we have to understand that money because it's energy mm-hmm. is power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to look at it as like, if you were going to say, I'm going to start working out and you're a dude too, like I'm going to get buff, you know, I'm going to work on my, yeah, work on uh-huh. my, Your bent, muscles. my muscles and I'm going to get all <laughs> bulging biceps. And you wouldn't just go into the gym today and say 400 pounds, yeah. let's do it. Right. I use you the could, same example. I know where you're going. Yeah. With you have yeah. to start. I mean, if you did that, you would 
like seriously permanently injure yourself, yeah. right? Like I mean, you could like and never rip make your... it back to the gym ever again. Exactly. Instead, you're building the muscle. You're learning how to deal with the frequency and hold the energy and frequency of that money. How many more damn studies and stories do we need to hear? People winning the lotto and then losing mm-hmm. it. It's because they can't hold and maintain that. Whether you want to call it, oh, they have a poverty mindset or not. Yeah. Either way, they don't know how to. There's hold. no wisdom behind the money, and wisdom is yeah. built up over experiences yeah, yeah, over time absolutely you yeah. know yeah at the end of the day luke skywalker had to learn how to levitate the rocks this is from star wars it was a movie back uh, in the 70s great film i've seen them <laughs> brennan has made me watch all all of them that's amazing literally good for you brennan thank you buddy you're uh, doing us proud here you know he had to start with the rocks before he did the x-wing fighter right and and that's like that's how you have to look at it. instead of you're, you're right people they'll want the big windfall and it's like, no, you got to look at it as like you're building a muscle in a way to be able to hold, maintain, and manage that power. But let me go back to this really quickly because I think, you know, we've actually talked about money recently with like some of our workshops and stuff. And holy F, a lot of stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. And a big one is people feeling guilty about asking for money. Mm-hmm. What, talk about that with me. Like, did you ever have that first at all? Did you feel bad like charging money, asking for money, raising prices? And how did you work through that? Because obviously uh, you couldn't get to where you are if you covered in guilt and shame about that. Right. That's such a good question. I think like guilt, shame, all those things are rooted in like wanting to change something from the past. I think why people get so stuck, that's like a very stuck energy. Something I learned recently is like why people get so stuck in that energy is because they're trying to change something in the past. It's like, I shouldn't have done that in the past or like I shouldn't have had that experience in the past or whatever. And so it's such a toxic energy because you're constantly living in the past. I just wanted to say that because I thought it was very useful for me when I learned that. When it comes to like charging prices and things like that and asking for money, I think for me, what I came to realize is I started to notice this is what's coming up for me. So when Tony Robbins, when I was at his event and he came on stage and started promoting Mastery University, like, you know, sign up for the next three events and whatever, and you'll change your life. If you loved UPW, you're going to love the, you know, date with destiny, or you're going to love business mastery, whatever it was. And I remember like going, you know, I was like, Oh, hell yeah, this is for me. So I remember signing up for that. And it was a huge, scary decision for me. It actually put me into debt. Like I took out a loan so I can pay for it, but I'm so happy I did because it was the best financial education I could have ever asked for because it really taught me. It was like, it put me in the corner where I had to like really figure things Mm -hmm. out. And thank God that happened. You know, over the years, I would continue going to Tony Robbins events and I would always hear people get so pissed, like, Oh my God, he's promoting again, or he's just selling on stage or whatever. Like, Oh, they're spamming us, you know, with Master University. And I remember going, Thank God he was promoting that mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Like, thank God that person. And we can just apply this to anybody on the internet. Like, thank God that coach was promoting their program that day because me signing up for that program taught me the most valuable things that I, it would have taken me decades to learn that. And that person may have taken decades to learn that thing. That was that one game changer that I picked up from them that I could literally just skip that time, pay some money. Cause it really, all we're talking about here is energy. Like time is energy, Mm -hmm. money's energy. And so there's different ways that you could like hack the system. You know, when we're selling our programs, like for example, when I'm selling manifestation babe Academy, I'm letting you literally take on 14, 15 years of manifestation knowledge in exchange for money. Yeah. You still have to do your own work, but I'm literally doing you a freaking favor. But it's not like a stumbling around in the dark, willy-nilly on my own no. time. Maybe I find a YouTube video. Maybe I'm led right. astray with bad you advice. You can do that. 
you yeah. can pay for it with your time or you can yeah. pay for it with money. And exactly. I just realized that there's people who are literally asking for the shortcuts. Yeah. So who am I to deny them that shortcut? Right. And I think that's all it came down to for yeah. me. That's really simple. I, I couldn't agree more. Like that's been my experience in my life. It's at those times, like, cause what it does is it forces, I've asked people, it's like, well, why do you feel bad? Or why do you feel guilty? And they're mm-hmm. like, cause I don't want to take. Yeah. It's like, what do you think people are so weak and powerless that it's or, like, that was their choice. They're not, t- if it's my birthday and Catherine comes over and she gives me a present and I open it and it's something I've wanted and I love. Like, am I going to sit there and say like, I can't take this from you. It's like, what are you talking about? She gave it to me. Like yeah. she chose to, I didn't ask her. Yeah. She chose. And you didn't steal it from me. And either. I didn't steal it. And I didn't even ask for it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's so even more than that, but it's like, what a silly thing. But it's like, I'm just, you know, you're just sitting here going, here's what I got. Here's how it'll help. And here's how much it costs. And then someone is sitting there either going yes or no. Yeah. It's like the, you know, the waiter is coming up to your table, offering you another cup of coffee, but your cup is already filled and you just say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. And they walk away. And it's it's as simple as that. So all you're really doing is in a way forcing a decision. And I think that's the most valuable thing that we can do as any type of business owner, you know, especially if we're like more in, in a coaching, teaching transformational space, because what I always see is one of the biggest things is that people haven't made a decision to change. They're just still living from someday one day. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather, you know, sit there and say, you know what? I'm saying no, this isn't the year to do that or isn't the time to do that than to just sit there and say, I don't know, maybe you think so. I don't know. And just like live on the fence yeah. of their life and never really doing anything. So I really resonate with that because it's been where the greatest growth has happened for me in my business is when I said yes to those big decisions. And it's, I think, you know, going back to what we said of, making money so important. I think in those instances, we're making the money mm-hmm. aspects so important that we're forgetting about what it truly is about. Right. Like what, Which is more what important sales than the money. is truly about. Yeah. We're just, you give mm-hmm. me some energy, I give you energy mm-hmm. back. You know, that's yeah. all it comes down to. Yeah. And, you know, I think before this, we started recording, we started talking about how there's like this paradox of like making money important enough for you to sit down with it and have a relationship with it and realizing that there needs to be changes in order for you to start manifesting the kind of money that you want, but at the same time, not making it so important that it's life or death. Mm -hmm. It's like, for me, the most powerful energy that I've ever, like when I started to embody the energy of neutrality and realizing that it's not the end result that I'm really after. It's like how I want to feel in the moment. And so I think that X amount of dollars is going to make me feel that way. Yeah. But then one day I realized that it's the vibration that I'm holding right now and me feeling that way right now yes. is what's going to bring me the money anyway. Versus the opposite is people condition money. People condition I money. I will feel that way when. Yeah. When and then I have you get the there and you don't feel that way yeah. and it just throws you in for a loop. And then you'll feel even worse. Yeah. And that's what caused... And you'll blame money. Like, yeah. oh, screw money. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's where that love-hate yeah. relationship devolves from. I remember my grandma giving me money. This is kind of like my example of winning the lottery. Back when I had a horrible money mindset, my grandma would give me money on my birthday. So every birthday would come around and she'd give me a lump sum of money and I would have panic over, am I going to save it? Am I going to spend it? What if it runs out? Oh my God, I only have like $500. I can pay for this. I can pay for that. And I just like created this whole thing with money. And I realized that I have this love-hate relationship where I want it all the time. And as soon as I have it, I hate it because I feel that way. 
I feel panicked when yeah. I have it. And then you like resent it for you feeling the way that you do. Yeah. And that's why I would go through these long stretches of like, okay, there's no other lump sums. And all of a sudden the lump sum and it's like, I mm-hmm. repel it. And so of yeah. course nothing is changing financially. Right now I'm in a launch and I was working through something with my coach where she was like, what if you just didn't even set goals or number? Like, what if you didn't even look at the numbers for this launch? Let's just try it for one launch. Don't even look at the numbers. Like really ask yourself, what is it that you want? What What is your intention for this launch? And I realized my intention for this launch was just to have fun. Mm-hmm. And focusing on the numbers and the goals and whatever is like important in the context of a business. Absolutely. But like, why can't my team just focus on that? Like for me as the leader, the energetic leader, what if I just have fun with this launch? Like what if I just find joy in it? What if I just play? What if I just come up with new ideas of how to promote things without it feeling like I have to do it just like that last launch because that last launch was so good. And so we have to do it. It, It's just become so regimented and so rigid And so far, like I realized that why I want the money or why I want all these students for my launch in the first place is so I can feel that energy after the launch, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you know, our our business is going to hit these goals. I'm going to have all these students. I'm going to feel like this level of importance. I'm going to feel like I can finally have fun. It's time to travel. I'm going to feel joy because I'm changing people's lives. And I'm like, why can't I do that in the middle of it? Right. And so that's really the energy I'm playing with right now. And it's, I'm telling you, I haven't thought about my numbers. I yeah. haven't even thought about my launch. And I just know it's going to do well. You know, I love this, but I also got to play devil's advocate because I get <laughs> I get concerned that someone's going to hear this and be like, give themselves like permission and validation that, to just be an ostrich and bury their head in the sand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I heard in that is because you have a team and you know, which I couldn't agree with more is that your number one priority and responsibility in the launch is how you manage yourself and Mm -hmm. the frequency and and everything that you come in with as you present to your people and to hold that and maintain that, that you can choose that. But, you know, I want people listening, like that doesn't mean that we just don't look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. And then because I didn't look at the numbers, don't be surprised if everything didn't just go your way mm-hmm. because the middle ground for someone that says, I don't have someone who, cause like I would just, as a healthy business coach, I'd sit there and say, well, if that's how you want to run the launch, you just make sure someone is responsible for it and let them handle it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're going to be less charged by it. That's like the feminine masculine energies. It, it absolutely is. Everything. Yes. Right now yes. I'm just embodying the feminine yeah. energy. My team is embodying the masculine. Right. And, and you and, can do both yourself. Like and if you you're can a do your both one, yourself. Yes. You should be doing and if and if it's just you or whatever, I think the the practice to get to, and, and I would hope that anyone listening can get themselves there as quickly as you can in business, is to find, as you said, embodying the neutrality, is you can embody neutrality with numbers because mm-hmm. numbers in in within themselves don't have any emotion. Yeah. It's what we add to it because of how we interpret it. I can write down a number on a piece of paper, yeah. but if I put in your in, on a screen that is supposedly your bank account, you're yes. going to feel different, right. even though it's the same Exactly. Number. Or if I write a number on a piece of paper and, and, and it says seven, and that's like October 2022, and then I go, and this number was five or, or 10, and that was your last launch. You're like, oh, I'm yeah. doing less. Seven is less than 10. I'm doing less. What's what? Do you know what I mean? And it's just like with context or something. It's like, we just go into a whole world. And it's like, when you can get to a place, which I just want for everybody, you know, like when you can get to a place in your business, there's like such neutrality around all the numbers, whether it's dollars, numbers, leads, conversions, 
affiliates, whatever, mm-hmm. that's a really powerful place to be. And however you do that, great, without burying our head in the sand and thinking, oh, I, if I just don't care about numbers, you know what I mean? It's like the same kind of conversation on a micro level that we were having with money is like that paradox of the importance and the unimportance at the same time. It's, it's like taking just emotion out of it yes, is what it comes down to. Absolutely. Because you can focus on numbers and feel emotionless and that is neutrality yeah. or you cannot focus on numbers. Mm-hmm. And it's all about emotions here. Mm-hmm. Money and emotions. You know, like I think what is important for us to talk about a little bit is like what we've been just kind of dancing around is like the importance versus unimportance of it, how that is kind of a paradox. And I think the reason it's a paradox or seems like a paradox, but actually isn't is because in a way it should be just like equally important with everything, not less or more. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's for some people, it's something, Oh, I don't you know, I just don't, money isn't my thing. So I just, it's like, okay, but it is a big part of everyday life for everybody. Right. And then for other people, they've made it their whole world. And it's like, isn't there somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. where it's important, but it's as important as everything else in your life. And everything is of that equal importance in a way, Yeah, you know, and then we have values, which is where we choose to make things more important. It's like, but you know, you sit and say, well, family is the most important thing to me. It's like, yes, love that. And when you have and see money as a tool that, amplifies vacation with your family or or has you work less. So you spend more time with them. It's like, it's, they all play together versus putting too much importance on it is saying, I will sacrifice things that actually are important to me for this other thing. And I um, so agree with that. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I think when it's like, everything's on that equal footing and playing field, you're not giving your power to something because then that's when it has power over you. Right how do you look at money today? Like, where are we today with it for you? Like if I said money is blank, like what are the, how do you start to fill in that blank? It's funny. I was about to ask you the exact same question. I was like, James is going to take a pause and I'm asking that same question. So I want you to answer it too. The first thing that came up to me is just a tool. Like it's it's a neutral resource. It's a tool. Like Mm -hmm. I give this example all the time. It's a little gruesome, but like a kitchen knife. Ew. (laughs) Well, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's not the gruesome part. Okay. Look at a kitchen knife. It's like I can take that knife and mm-hmm. I can chop some food and make a you know homemade meal for my family. I use a hammer. And everybody, yeah. Well, I was going to get good. to that as my second example, oh, okay, okay. right? A great. hammer can build a house or destroy it, yes. right? Yeah, we can go there. Yeah. But like, let's get a little more interesting. Like, I can cook a meal, or I can take that knife and stab someone and kill them. Yeah. Right? Is it the knife's fault? What happens to it? No, because no. the knife's job is just to cut. It's just there. It's a tool to cut. Money is just there. Yes. And it's like, there's so much money circulating around us yes. at any given time. It's like... A lot more in the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. Inflation. My, Brennan's favorite word, inflation. It's like, why can't we just choose to direct that flow towards us? Right. And, like, and use it as a tool for and, good, and for, you to know, create. You know? Speaking of the, you know, the matrix and how this is all done on purpose, mm-hmm. isn't it interesting how we are giving so much opportunity for the bad people to have more money because we're labeling as like, this is a thing that only bad people have. Yeah. And we are rejecting like the, I think the healers collapsed them. Yeah. The healers need the most amount of money because they can create the most amount of healing yeah. in the world. The givers, the changers, the trailblazers, the mm-hmm. people who like can do such amazing things with money. Like we are disempowering them from manifesting money by yes. attaching so much meaning that this is a bad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Imagine we only said that knives are just bad things. And it's like, no one will ever figure out like, Oh, I can chop vegetables with this knife. Like right. I can use this tool 
like the hammer, I can build a house. We only label as like only bad people have this. Right. And it's like, no, it's just, it's so neutral. And we have to realize that we are the ones who can choose what we do with it. And whoever you already are, mm-hmm. it's only going to amplify who you already are. I want to say actually, like ever since I started making a ton of money, I feel like I've only become, I mean, you could argue like, Catherine, you've always been that way, but I almost want to say like, it's made me a better person because it's given me like the freedom and the nervous system regulation to be able to think about higher level things where I'm not focused so much on just survival. I'm focused on like, how can I make the world a better place? Like, how can I retire my mom? How can I... But that is the same thing as it's an amplification. Application. Exa- You're exactly. a good person in your heart. Right. And it's allowed that to f- come to fruition more. Yeah. I think it just made me realize just how giving I am because I'm yeah. always thinking about, oh my God, like I can buy this for this person. It's hard to give when you person. don't have anything to exactly. give. Exactly. Yeah. Just plain and simple. Yeah. What about you? Money is. Okay. So I, I want to add on to that because if you would have asked me first, I would have said the same thing. Yeah. But I want to look at it a little differently because I see it as a, as an energy mm-hmm. that has a vector or a flow. So I really loved that word in physics, vector. It's it's something in motion that has a direction. I got straight A's in physics. I don't know how. I loved physics. I don't know what I it like, was. But it was actually quantum physics that I got A's in. You took an actual quantum physics a class? A whole year of Oh, because in college, physics. in college, yeah. not in high school. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. you were like a science nerd. Yeah. Yeah. So impressed. So, is, so you know what a vector is, right? So to me, I see energy as that. It flows in and it flows out. Yeah. And I think if... And it's always going somewhere. If we just stay with it's a tool, now you want to hold on to the knife for dear life and like mm-hmm. never let this knife go versus when you see it like water or air. Mm-hmm. It's a great metaphor. So I'll use both of them So because you, you use the hammer and a knife. So I use the you were allowed too. to use two metaphors. I use oxygen. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I get to use my two metaphors. And so breathing. So if you treated money as something that is in a flow where it's always coming in and it has to go out. What else does that air does? So what if you superimpose the relationship you have with oxygen with money in that? How many times have we taken a breath since Catherine and I've been talking, right? How often are we sitting there consuming our mind saying, is this going to be our last breath? Is there going to be any more oxygen? Is James taking oxygen from me Am right I taking now? her oxygen Am away I, from her? Should I be guilty because I'm taking oxygen from James? Or if she takes a big inhale, am I sitting there going, that's a little bit more than you deserve right there. Okay. A little okay. greedy oxygen taker right there. Or I can say, James, you deserve to take so much more. Breathe in more. Right. <laughs> I've actually been holding my breath since we started. So okay. So I'm, I'm saving. I'm saving it for later. And then there is an exhalation. And when, so when you breathe in, that's not from a place of, which is receiving guilt or fear that it won't be enough. And then when you exhale, there's no like remorse or uncomfortableness with leaving. You're not living in the past. Yeah. I mean, I think the breath of really is so phenomenal how it like, when you focus on it, how it causes you to be in the present, Mm -hmm. in the now. Yeah, I agree. And so like, if you could just start to say... I'm going to superimpose my relationship with money and try the best I can as the same way it is with oxygen because it gives us life. And so in a way, so does money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know who's going to get their feathers ruffled by that, but it it does. You know what I mean? Like it in the 3D society that we live in, it gives us life. It puts heat so we can heat our home Mm -hmm. and, and electricity to, you know, pay our bills and all that type of stuff. So it does. It's very similar in that regard. And then I think, you know, you can just use the same as the river. A river analogy, which is it's always in a flow. We can use that flow to, you know, like Hoover Dam to power electricity for 
tons of city. I don't know how much electricity that Hoover Dam. <laughs> I don't either. We'll, we'll add that in later. I went there once, but I, don't I did any. too. It's oh. um, unbelievable, yeah. right? And so then it becomes, well, do you want a little creek? Uh-huh. Or do you want Niagara Falls? Hell yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, the water's going to flow and it's going to flow in. It's going to flow out. And it's going to exist no matter what. And it's going to exist no matter what. And so really it's about how big of a river do I want to create? I'm just in the river. So it's flowing in, through, and out. Mm-hmm. And I was told this years ago by a mentor and I didn't believe it at first. And it has been proven true and true. And this is going to be a beautiful thing with the inflation conversation. When you energetically, spiritually speaking, and there's going to be so many people that don't believe this and I love it. Good. Come at me, bro. And (laughs) it's usually the guys too. Very logical. You know, it's fine because this is very illogical. What I'm about to say is that constricting the outflow of the water begins to restrict the inflow as well. Mm. Because when we, and it's like, what, you know, and it's like, oh, so you're saying be frivolous and don't save. I didn't say that. I am saying don't be wasteful. Mm-hmm. I never would say be wasteful. Yeah. Okay. With anything, don't be wasteful. That's a very important, powerful way to live. Just don't be wasteful. I just buy it because I feel like I'm bored. I'm going to get a develop a shopping addiction today because James said if I spend more, I'll make more. Yeah. But if you look at the energy behind why you would tighten up the outflow of money, it's because action is a is a behavioral manifestation of our beliefs, right? It's the byproduct of our beliefs. So if we're tightening up in that regard, it's because why? Because we don't think more is going to come in. Mm-hmm. So you're causing less to come in because of that. You know, when we spend sometimes there's that feeling of like, when you find that place of like, I know I'm going to make the money, but I know more is going to come in. Then that's what you're causing creating. So it's, you can be mindful, present, and not wasteful with your spending. But if there's something you need, there's something that you've been wanting and you all of a sudden get into fear and that fear causes you to say, no, I'm going to close up and damn it up. Mm -hmm. Already know that you're damning it up on both sides. Yeah. So that would be how I see money today. That's such a good point because it's not about saying yes to everything just for the sake of saying yes. It's always checking in like, where is my energy coming from? Is this something that I want or is this something that like someone else has and they're wealthy? And so I think I need that in order to be wealthy. That'll be a whole whole other lesson that this person has. I heard this years ago too. And it's so true. People that have money don't care about it nearly as much as the people that don't have money. It's so true. Yes. Because, you know, people who are stressing about how are they going to pay their bills mm-hmm. and how many hours do I need to work mm-hmm. this week in order to meet this amount of money and da, 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 da. They're so focused on money and the people who just have everything taken care of for them because of they have money. That's what I meant. Like I'm able to think about higher level stuff. Like yes. I'm not thinking about money anymore. I'm thinking about what experiences yes. can we have? And that's where you've placed your value. You've said, what's more important is my quality of life, my peace of mind, the experiences I have and the people I have those experiences with. Mm-hmm. And it's like the money is the tool to that. It is the access to the destination. It isn't the destination. Yeah. And when you change that and it isn't, I'll be happy when blah, 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 blah. It's be happy now and be in that frequency of money. Money will just continue to amplify that in your life. Was there a moment for you where you realized like, oh, this stuff is working. This like money manifestation thing is working. Like at what point? Because I know that you've been in business for a long time. Was there a certain place that you can remember where all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it's working. My bank account is growing. 
Cause I remember that for myself and I'm okay. just curious, like I'm going to, I want to get you to share. I call it like the tipping point. It's like when your subconscious reprogram finally mm-hmm. catches up mm-hmm. with your reality or your reality catches up with the work that you've been doing. And all of a sudden it starts to avalanche in your reality. I know there's, so when you started asking, I I've had this one memory that keeps coming up that I haven't shared. That was a, actually like a really big deal for me that doesn't fully answer your question, but I do want to share it. But, it was a whole year. It was my 2012 that was like really putting all of that in into practice. And it was a, an accumulation of things. Oh, it's 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's what really changed everything. But it was at the end of that year, I still, I was like starting to make some money. So I was like, I think I had like gotten as far as like the action effort and like a little bit of this like cool manifesting, like I got a vision board and I work hard kind of thing. And as like another level needed to emerge. And I was in Laguna and I just had the best year in business in my year. And I was visiting family because I was still living in New York City. And we went to dinner. And after dinner, I walked to a a shop. It was like the only shop still open. And I thought of this story recently because I wanted to do a video on it. And I have it somewhere. I must be in storage. A pink penny skateboard. And it was... $99. $99. Is Penny like a brand? Penny's a brand. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, like- yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So Penny brand. Sorry, I was like assuming everyone would know that. And it's $100 for a skateboard. And I was with my girlfriend at the time. And I looked at her and I looked at the person and I said, how much is that? Is that 100 bucks? I said, okay, let's do it. And I put my money. And I'll never forget, she looked at me like jaw dropped, eyes open. She's like, who are you? Like, I've never seen you just go and buy something and... I remember I grabbed the board, I went right onto the sidewalk and just and just off I went. And I'm just going in circles in the streets, everything, having a blast. And that was the first time since I had started like making some money that I just like bought something for myself, like out of a pure just enjoyment because I wanted it mm-hmm. for fun and for life and for experience. And I still have that board. And it was the tipping point. It was the like, you can talk about all this stuff all day long and whatever, but it's like, what's the point of manifesting if you ain't going to use it? And that was the first time that I used it. And it wasn't, everything else was for serious stuff. You know, it was like, oh, I need another VA and da da da. And it was like, that's great. And that's awesome. But it was like, this was for me. Mm -hmm. And like today, there's such a like, as you'll see in my life, like I love buying the toy for myself. And I do that on big levels, like a camper van. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was $100. And that was really hard and really scary for me. But there was just that little like, no, man, you deserve this little thing. And it was like, that paid for itself so many times over. Yeah, up until I came to Sedona, I was still riding that skateboard. Wow. Well, Don Javier always says, like, you're not going to take it with you. Right. Like the physical 3D world where you're supposed to have fun with it. Yeah. Like, just think of it spiritually. Like, why do we come on planet Earth? Well, people can say a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is for you to experience the 3D physical material world. So why not experience the best possible what version the, of that? What is the most 3D physical material thing? Money. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just energy manifested mm-hmm. as this 3D material physical thing. Why can't we experience that? Yeah. That's par- I think that's part of our dharma, honestly, is like for us to feel what it means to be a physical human being and just have an adventure here and mm-hmm. just play around. And yes. like you said, like, like if I just dumped $10 million into your bank account, but I locked it and so you can never use it. Sure. You can be like, wow, I'm a 10 millionaire, right? Like I have $10 million in my bank account, but do you really, if you don't 
do anything with it. Yeah. You can't even experience it. You can't play with yeah. it. You can't buy yourself anything with it. You can't change the world with it. You can't donate it. There's no point to it at this mm-hmm. point. Right. You know? Yeah. And again, I think as the other side too, is like, we've both been smart. So like, I think I always like to be mindful that there's always going to be a skeptic. There's always going to be the yeah, buts. I see yeah. a lot of that on TikTok. He's like, people's brains are wired to say, let me see how I can mm-hmm. poke a hole in this just because it's important to me to be I'll right. And make someone and wrong. I believe it. Yeah. And it's not to say too, that you're also using money as a tool to invest and be smart. And I know you and Brennan have done an unbelievable job with that. And that's something I've been very smart in. And it's like, I'm not going to spend $1,500 a month on a lease for a Tesla today because of how I go, because I don't want a Tesla. And it's like, oh, I can just get a $500 a month Jeep. And then it's like, I got another $1,000 a month that I can do that to go towards a mortgage to a property or another investment, you know? And it's like, Brennan, I call that wealthy now versus wealthy later. Mm-hmm. It's like making decisions. Is this, is this going to make me feel wealthy now and experience wealth now? Or is this going to make me experience wealth later? And mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's just, ask, it's just the balance. Yes. Yeah. It's like, you know what? Screw like our trip to Africa that we had yeah. in Rwanda and Kenya with all those experiences. Do you know how much that trip cost us? 50,000, $100,000. Wow. Yeah. Because we pack so much freaking luggage because that's just our style. We're over packers. Yeah. Okay. And it's, but you're doing first class every first class, but also we had to get our own planes, our own bush planes, because our luggage was the amount of luggage that everybody could bring. <laughs> so yeah, you maxed the we had to limit. get our own planes. Yeah. So anyway, where was I going with that? You said something right before. Why did I? Bring well, you're talking about the balance of wealth now, wealth there we go. later. Okay, and it was so, hundred thousand. Yeah, in that moment, we're like, we we want to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. We're not going to bring a baby for a while on an African safari. So like, it's now or never. And Orion can't come when he's until he's 14 years old to the gorilla experience. Like I'm not waiting 14 years or five years until, you know, I feel comfortable bringing him on an African safari. We're going to do this right now. Like before yeah. I get pregnant, let's just go balls to the wall, mm-hmm. hardcore. Right. So we did that. But in other areas of our life, we're like, yeah, we can buy a $10 million house. But also at the same time, like, why don't we invest in other places? Like, why don't we just rent for another year or two years and put that $10 million somewhere else, like an investment account so it can just grow behind the scenes. And then later on in life, we can buy our dream home because we made so much more money from those investments where that $10 million house is like buying nothing. It's like, it's like moving into an apartment for $2,000 a month. That's the kind of feeling that I want. There's no right or wrong here. I just think that very few people ask themselves, like, what is in alignment for me right now? And I think too many people look to other people and what is my friend doing right now? And what Mm. is this person on Instagram spending their money on? And they're looking to them for their direction of what they want to do with their money. They're like, this person bought a Prada handbag. And so I'm going to buy a Prada handbag. When if you ask that person, is that truly in alignment with what you want? Like maybe you could have saved that $1,500 or $2,000 or whatever invested in like a program or invested in a coach that would help you grow your business. So that that $1,500 handbag or whatever it is, is like, almost freaking nothing. But sometimes like, let's say that you just hit a certain number in your business or it's your birthday. Yeah. Cool. Let's have that wealthy now experience. Like there's no right or wrong. And don't let anyone judge you for the opposite. I was saying, Oh, you're going to spend your money on that. Or like back in the day, you know, my friends would be like, Catherine, do you want to go here? Let's go there. Let's go do this. And I'd always say like, that's not in alignment with my goals right now. Mm-hmm. And so, because I was honestly broke, but I would never say, actually, I can't afford that because I was so yeah. careful with my language. Yes. So you I got creative and I said, that's just not in alignment with me right now, but I'm excited to it's join so you guys good. in the future. Mm-hmm. And so I never, even if you show me, James, you can show me like some crazy stuff that costs like $3 billion and I'm never going to say, 
oh, it must be nice. Or I can't afford that. I'll right. literally look at it and be like, do I want that? Yeah, I want that. Okay. One day, one day at some point I will have that. And I'm freaking excited mm-hmm, for the mm-hmm. day that I get to have that. I never close myself off to any possibility because you can ask me right now, Catherine, do you know how you're going to make $3 billion to pay for that? Right. And I'm just choosing an obscene amount of money because yeah. it's like right now, yeah, it's hard for me to conceptualize. Like, how am I going to make $3 billion? But I don't ever want to close myself off to that. Right. I never want to energetically close that portal because what if there is an idea yep. that one day I'm going to wake up with that actually will create a $3 billion, right. $10 billion business? Why the frick would I close myself yeah. off to that? And I think so many people with the broke people, social media etiquette that I talked about on yep. TikTok, they're like, oh, I wish I could do that. Like they'll see someone being like, here's what it's like to fly Emirates first class. And it'll be like, and I've, I actually wanted to make that video last time I flew Emirates first class, but I was honestly exhausted. And I just like, <laughs> no, screw it. Like what feels in alignment for me right now is not worrying about TikTok yeah. and making a video is just sleeping on this flight. Right, right. So I'll see those videos and always without a shadow of a doubt, you can go on there and be like, must be nice. Or like, that's only for rich people or just all these comments. How do you think they got rich Yeah, (laughs) by saying what you're saying? Or they'll say like, oh, they must've, you know, took advantage of people to get that first. It's like, no, but those people don't realize that they're closing themselves off. Big time. Even if it's something as simple as how do they Mm -hmm. know that maybe perhaps tomorrow their boss would have been in a great mood, would have come to them to their desk and be like, you know what? I mm-hmm. like you. I want to give you a bonus. Yeah. But they don't realize that just because they said something where it might not have any relationship to what they think could happen, they close themselves off and they never got that opportunity yeah. or that experience and, or that bonus or raise or whatever it is. And so many of these opportunities, like you said, chasing experiences happen that have nothing to do with the money you have. Mm-hmm. You know, your boss comes to you the next day and says, so uh, we're putting together the crew to do a project over in, in Africa and stuff like that. And I wanted to send you there. We're going to do first class and everything, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's opening trekking up. with gorillas. Okay. But you turn yourself off energetically yep. to that. You blew it. Which by the way, hands down the best experience oh, of my entire life. That's amazing. Besides becoming a mom, gorillas. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I didn't forget. What was this? pivotal moment experience. Oh yeah. So, okay. So it's 2016. This is like the year I decided to, yeah, I decided to go all in. So I start manifestation babe in 2016. 2016. Wow. And that's when I started this like one year experiment. I'm going to go all in on this. Okay. So a lot of people think like, Oh yeah, Catherine must've seen results right away. No, I saw nothing for eight months for the first eight months. Absolutely. Nothing was different. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you know, a lot of people find themselves in that. Like They'll start this process and this work and they don't understand that there's so much happening behind the scenes, energetically, Mm -hmm. spiritually, Mm -hmm. like we can get spiritual. Like, how do we not know that our guides are aligning the perfect opportunity? And like, there's a lag time. There's a lag time. Yes. And it's honestly serving us in so many different ways, which we can talk about, but nothing really happened for eight months. And I remember launching different things. Like I remember getting my first client six months into this. And I was like, Oh my God, my first client. And like slowly things start to trickle in, but it was a very slow process. And I had this $10,000 check. Like, you know, I wrote myself a check that I'm going to make 10 K months. Cause that's like every business owners, like, mm-hmm. you know, their first yes, thing is big milestone. the 10 K month. So I put it in, um, I was working as a receptionist at the time. And so I had the check literally at my desk. And I had my vision board and like, I had all my things everywhere. And like, I'm sure my coworkers at the time thought I was crazy, but who cares? So I had this check. So the end of the year comes around and I've already launched something like a course or something. 
three times and I would have like one sign up, zero sign ups, two sign ups. And I'm just like trying everything. I'm throwing all the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, nothing sticking, but I don't give up because I think the number one thing that Napoleon Hill taught me and outwitting the devil through that book, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if he says it directly or like what the, I don't even remember. Cause I've, I've listened to the book eight times, but I don't remember, you know, direct quotes. That's just not how my mind works. But I just remember the energy that I picked up from it was never, ever, 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 ever give up. Yeah. Never give up. And just try another way. Like if something fails or it's not working, it's just try another way. Mm. It doesn't mean you're not meant for it. I hate that when people are like, I guess I'm just not meant to have money. No. So. So inspiring. I know. It's so inspiring. So I just never gave up. And I remember it was like my fourth launch of a program. And it was like the end of the year, it was December. And I was planning on launching. It was my first time that I was going to sell something and then create it. So I was like, okay, let me try that strategy. Because that strategy felt in alignment with me. And I was like, oh, this sounds really good. So, which is what I do all the time now. But at the time, it was my first time trying it. And I just did like this pre-sale. And like 10 people took me up on the pre-sale. Mm. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, and then I, you know, tried the strategy of like the price is going to go up. Like there's all these various pre-sales leading up to the final price. I think it was like $500 ending at $1,000 or something like that. Or no, actually it was $500 was the big sticker price. It started like $200, $300, $400 and ended at $500. So I noticed like the next time I raised, I was about to raise the price, 10 more people rolled in. And anyway, 50 people ended up signing up. Okay. And the bulk of these signups came in the weekend. It was a weekend of New Year's Eve. You know, so December 30th, 31st, first, I think like the 31st was a Saturday. The first was a Sunday because Brennan took me, it was our one year anniversary to Vegas. He saved up all his money from catering essentially. Cause at that point we decided to live together. And like, because I had a job and he was struggling to get a job. And so he's like kind of catering in between. We decided that I would just take care of the bills until he would get a job and then we'll figure things out. And so I basically supported us, but he was like secretly saving up his money so that he can take me on this special trip. And on this trip, the floodgates opened up. I brought in $5,000 in one weekend. Mind you, I've never made more than like a thousand or 2000 mm-hmm. in a month in a single weekend. And I remember being like, Brennan, we're going to do a helicopter tour. Yes. <laughs> so I just started like that weekend. I was like, we're going to this place for dinner. We're getting a helicopter. We're not doing that. We're doing this instead. And I just remember I've never felt more abundant mm-hmm. in my entire yeah. life. Not because it was the $5,000, right? It was because I finally got the proof of what I've been preaching to myself, embodying myself, what I've been believing myself. I finally got the proof of it. And after that, the floodgates opened up my business. Like I went from making $9,000 in my business all of 2016 to creating 600K the next year and then 1.8 million and it started skyrocketing from there. But that was my initial tipping point. And then after that New Year's trip, weeks go by and I'm still like, dang, but I really want to manifest my 10K month. Why is that not working out? I don't know what I was expecting, whatever. I remember, you know, because I had a great relationship with money. So I was doing my weekly money dates that I do every Monday is money Mondays. And I would do these dates where I would check in on my money and just see how we're doing. What's the flow? What's the outflow? Like, how are we doing this thing? Like, what's next? And then I was like, let me just see how much I made for all of January. And then I realized I made Mm $11,000 and I didn't even know it. And I looked at this check and I'm like, oh my God, it worked. 
I just needed to pay attention to my relationship with money and realize that I already manifested this. And from that point forward, and this is something that I also teach my students called the ladder of believability. So when people set out to manifest, most people go, well, if this thing actually works, let me just manifest a million dollars, even though they're working a minimum wage job and they're not making more than like 20, 30 K a year. They're like, let me just make a million dollars. But the thing is, is that your mind cannot wrap around that yet energetically because the frequency is so far apart. It doesn't mean it's impossible. Absolutely possible for everybody. It's just the frequency is too far away. So I started playing with like these stepping stones of frequencies where I realized that I wanted to make $100,000 in 2017. And the reason why I made 600K is because a lot of believability works so well. I was like, okay, what is it going to feel like to just make my first 5K? And then I make my first 5K and I'm like, what is it going to feel like to make a 10K month? And I make my 10K month and I'm like, oh, let me play around with this. Okay, 15K sounds good. And I would reach 15K mm-hmm. and then I would be like, okay, if 15K is possible, now I can do bigger jumps, 25K. So that whole year was crazy. It was like, uh, 10k month, then mm-hmm. a 20k month, then a 30k month, then a 75k month, then a 100k month, and then it flattened at about. It went down to like 80k, flattened at about 80k, and it wasn't until I like restructured my whole team and realized that like my team's not working out yeah. and something, yeah. someone is holding back this organization. I don't know who it is. I think I know who it is, and I had this like download about who it is. I let them go. My whole team fell apart, and that was like the next pivotal moment for me when it came to like actually growing the structure of my business, where I realized. You know, me and Brennan were like the muscle of the team and everyone else is the fat because we cut the fat, kept the muscle and we doubled our income and stuff like that. So it's just like, it was like such a crazy journey that I love to share because what I need people to realize is that the day you decide to start working on your money mindset might not be the day that everything changes. Mm-hmm. Most people only give it like a week, five days. Yeah. I'm just going to... It's right back to who I was and where I was. Yeah. yeah, And they don't see the changes right away. And so they think that it's not working. So that's why I wanted to ask what your tipping point was Mm -hmm. is because at some point, every successful person has a tipping point. And I think that for a lot of people, it's realizing that they never gave up. They Mm -hmm. kept up with it, even when everybody was against them. Yeah. And when I started my business, I was living with my parents. Still, I moved out maybe like a few months after I started Manifestation Babe, but it was me deciding that I'm not going to go to medical school that created this toxic environment in my house. And I just remember the universe, like asking the universe, like, what is going on here? Why is this so toxic? Like, why is everybody against me? And it was like, Catherine, because you're teaching people how to hold your own energetically. And I'm giving you this very chaotic, tumultuous environment so that you can learn to hold your own energetically. So even if it looks like it's not happening constantly, Mm -hmm. people are telling you the opposite. My mom would literally look at me and say, Catherine, you're not going to amount to anything, but be a janitor. So you might as well apply to be a janitor somewhere. She literally said that to me, just like horrible things. And my mom was like, you know, deeply traumatized of her own crap. And she's done a lot of work and she's like my best friend nowadays, Mm -hmm. just crazy. But that's hard. I mean, like, it's so hard. It's so hard. And so I realized that it's like, that's really the message that I want to pass down to people is like most of the world is struggling with this scarcity mindset. Yeah. And so if you just look at what the world is doing or the, how the world is thinking, you're not going to get anywhere. You really have to be the trailblazer. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. I think I've had in my, by the way, you said something else. This has to be a whole different episode and a big <laughs> topic, but like, yeah. And it's not everyone's ready for this one yet, but like, when you start looking at things in terms of frequency and energy, the frequency of your team and the people on it end up affecting levels of revenue. Mm-hmm. And ain't that the truth? We have had these experiences where when someone leaves, 
will watch numbers in the business just like they were held down and yeah, they just they're go way down. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. And that's been a huge process that we've worked through the last couple of years. But I've had the three big milestones. There was the, I went from like pretty much no money. I had a couple thousand dollars in the bank account to the launching of Video Traffic Academy, which generated $400,000 in sales in 30 days, which was in September of 2011. And then there was this other level where I went from like 280,000 to a million. And then we went from two to 10. And these big jumps, there was like, there's some big linchpin there. You know, it was like when that finally got removed, it was like, mm-hmm. boom. Lessons for us at each, you know, but it's like, uh, it's all important reminder. It's that lesson or that work first. And then, yeah. then it happens. And what you notice is that the more you're on that path, the quicker it comes. So at first, it's very slow, but it is very exponential and it speeds up. I mean, my CFO consultant said in all his years, he's never seen someone go from two to 10 in one year, you know, and it's very rare to go from, what do you say, 30 to 600 in a year? That's uh, 9K to 600K. Yeah, that's like unheard of too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but people don't see the work before. So as we start to wrap up, let me ask you this super short question because mm-hmm. it's almost like James taking the opposite side. Being in business, doing what you guys have done and manifesting the money you've ma- manifested, if you had to put into percentages, what percentage would you say is everything that we just talked about around uh, new relationship with money, learning how to manifest, healing your relationship with money, being in a place of abundance versus what we would label as the mechanics, skills, action, strategy. What would you give as a factor that causes? Yeah. I don't see it. I mean, I, I can give you percentages, yeah. but also what comes to me is that I want to say the energy portion mm-hmm. is a hundred percent. And the reason why mm-hmm. is because it leads to the right action steps. That's a beautiful way to say it. It's like this week, me Mm -hmm. embodying this energy that I worked with with my coach, right? Which is honestly, isn't that different from what I do every launch. But I think because since I became a mom, I brought up new fears. So I just have to work through new fears. It's just a deepening of what I know Mm -hmm. to create better results. Okay. So this week, I just started to gather like, oh, I can do this and I can do that. And it just started coming to me like this, this, this. And it was things that I are simple. Yeah. The things that I haven't thought of before. I can like go with, oh, okay, you know, this is the strategy and the structure has worked for me in the past. But like, I don't want to keep recreating the same. I want to create like more things. Right. I want to create different things. Yes. And so in order for me to do that, I have to embody different energies. Right. And so I see it as one goes hand in hand rather than I'm like splitting my time. Okay. Now I'm the strategy, Catherine. Yeah. And now I'm the energy, Catherine. Right, right, it's right. the energy, Catherine, that leads yeah. to the strategy, Catherine. No, and that's really important because, like, again, if someone hears a hundred percent zero, then they don't put any importance in that. But if you look at them as like one and the same, it's like they're both a hundred and they're interwoven together. I've said this over and over again. You know, when you start understanding law of attraction, the first thing you're going to attract is thoughts, ideas, mm-hmm. creative new ways of doing things, and you yeah. got to see that as you're attracting. It's like I just had a brilliant idea. It's like, yeah, you attracted that. You were in a receptive mode to receive a different way of looking at things. That's wonderful. But if you then received it and said, no, 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 I just need to focus on money. Yeah. You know, I worry that people do that. It's like, that stuff doesn't matter. You know, but like, really, like my question back to you though, is do you feel like you're a better communicator, a b- better at, you know, I don't want to use the word sales, but like communicating what you do and how you do it and showing people the value of it. Do you feel like those skills have increased? And mm-hmm. what role do they play for you 
in all of this? It's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. like, because of the energy, I attract the right mentors programs. Like right. I learned so much from, like I attracted you, like yeah. your mastermind, mm-hmm. like, like the way that you came into my life. I learned so much about you. I tell my copywriter all the time, like James has taught me this one thing when he was once editing my copy mm-hmm. and it stuck with me since. So let's change this word to this word or whatever. It's like, I just believe that by me setting my intention that I'm going to grow this business or I'm going to create mm-hmm. this success, I'm going to be led to the skill sets, to the people, to yeah. the courses, to the programs. Like, you know, I'm always being led to like new investments, new team members. Yeah. Like team members are attracted to me who can help me take things to the next level. It it just it's so and I think this it, is something it's a really also, interesting way you're saying all this. I absolutely love it. Because, and learning from Don Javier, it's like it's all spiritual game. Yeah. He always stresses like it's yeah. all spiritual. But it's like you usually like is it not true what we normally experience in the work that we do that you're a business owner and you speak to this, you tend to find that people are in one of two worlds. True. And what you're saying is, is like... And one poo-poo's on the other. Exactly. Always. <laughs> yeah. Right? And what you're what you're saying is... It's like an order is what I'm saying. Step one. Well, energy. no, but it's like, but when they become one, they're not separate worlds. That's true. And it's, it's one... I like that better. It's one world. Yeah. And I use... I could use these skills and, and what I've developed in terms of, of energy to attract someone or to download an idea or whatever. But I'm also going to implement those ideas from a place of holding that frequency. It's like they're just so interwoven and integrated as one that we don't even see them as separate mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect answer. Money. Perfect because it is so effective and so true, so accurate. Money is spiritual. Yeah. Well, what isn't? You know what I mean? It's like everything's falling under. It's like the fish in the bowl trying to say something that isn't within there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all within that same container anyways. Yeah. You know, what's water? Yeah, exactly. What's water? I'm swimming in it. Right. But that's all I know. I'm swimming in it. It's like, but but this thing in front of me must be something that exists outside of the bowl or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's all I know. It's it's contained within the bowl. So So philosophical, James. Oh, hashtag deep. All right. Any final words? Uh, Thanks again so much for coming on. And I got to say this before we wrap anymore. Like I said this to you a couple of years ago in a hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. And oh my God, I remember that conversation. Yeah. And getting to know you and like what your upbringing is, like what you've gone through and what you've experienced. I said it then, but I've never said it publicly. Like I've never met somebody who is, has experienced so much of like life's challenges, like really some really tough things. And not that it's a competition or anything. Okay. Cause I know there's people have experienced yeah. way worse, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but to have also thrived in mm-hmm. so many ways at such a young age and to live your life where you can get a real sense that you don't carry that with you. Mm-hmm. Even the way you talk about it, you're like, yeah, my mom said some things and you're like, now my mom's my best friend. It's mm-hmm. like the capacity for you to forgive another human being, like that is tremendous and speaks volumes to you because any one of us and can be validated and justified could be in a very different place where there's a lot of guilt or resentment or anger or fear and be like, that's a very appropriate response. And to transcend all of that, choose to find healing and growth out of that and live that and demonstrate that and pass that on is like the most impressive, beautiful, extraordinary and inspiring thing. And you are still so young. You know what I mean? It's not like it took you 40 I'm years. 30 tomorrow. Wait, what? Tomorrow's my birthday. Tomorrow? Did we know that? Tomorrow's your birthday? 
Yeah. Oh, well, I have a gift for you, but we'll wait until the podcast is over. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. Thank you. Wow. I can't believe you're well, hanging out with me right before your birthday. Actually, in, Ru- so in Russian now. culture, it's a superstition. You never wish a person happy birthday before their actual birthday. So just say okay, that to me th- tomorrow. Yeah. Good thing I'm not in Russian culture, but yes. I, I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say I'm so grateful for our friendship and I'll never forget you guys. This is a, just a fun little tidbit. I remember the day our friendship began. I remember. At your mastermind. Yeah. And you, you <laughs> pulled vi- me aside. No, no, no. I'm telling okay, the story. Okay. The very first I'm right. I'm weekend the story. of your seven-figure mastermind, yeah. which, by the way, another fun story. Well, a few weeks before... I don't know what timeline this was, but I just remember one day being like, I'm sick of these 40, 50 people masterminds. I just want to be in like a tiny little group. And I don't remember... If I was thinking about you or not, I think it, it was more generic. I just want to be in a tiny little group of these high level achievers where we can form like a close knit relationship. And it's not like overwhelming where you walk in, there's like 50 people mm-hmm. in the room or whatever, which has its pros and cons. I just, for me, I just wanted a small group. Literally three days later, Jasmine Starr goes, Hey, there's a group three forming. Days. Wow. There's this group forming. It's only for seven figure earners. It's like 10 of us or whatever. And James Wedmore is going to be the leader. I'm like, I'm in. Sign me up. Wow. And then, I mean, there's a whole other thing about me, like deciding between your mastermind and someone else's mastermind. Do you remember that? Like I was telling you, okay. So anyway, I got into James's mastermind. So that first weekend, you know, James was still just like, it's like a, you know, mentor mentee relationship. And we were at a round table. It's a couple people. I remember Josh and Julie were there, Mm -hmm. me, you, Brennan, and like a couple other people. And I just remember getting really drunk and maybe, (laughs) okay, maybe really tipsy. And I never drank. But I was just like, we're celebrating. Okay. Like there's champagne. I'm just, yeah. it's flowing. We're going. So I'm drinking. And then I'm like, I just look at James and I'm like, James, I've had this thought for a really long time. And I got you know, to know. I know I'm really woo. And there's things that I don't talk about on my podcast because I think that it's still maybe a little too woo for some people. And I feel like you're the same way. How woo are you really? And that just opened up yeah. the floodgates where James is like, great question. So here's what I'm into. Here's what I believe, blah, blah, blah. And I'm that's like, all we have time for today <laughs> in the show. <laughs> and since then, it's just like, it's it's been crazy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's been so much fun. And I, learned, like I might have, that's probably when I was like, well, yeah, and I work with this shaman guy. You did. And you kept talking about him and you were like, you know, I can introduce you if you want. And I just kept waiting for you to introduce me. And then one day I was like, James, can you introduce me? And you responded. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this text. And I'm like, you have? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And my life has never been the same since. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, so special <laughs> to have you on and right before your birthday. I know. So my, great. My big three out. Wow. With a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. What a great time. Well, thank you. Thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to a very special episode. Please reach out to Catherine. She's the or just manifestation babe manifestation manifestation babe. babe over on instagram and she's on the tiktoks on she's the TikToks. rocking the tiktoks same handle and website cr- it podcast same mm-hmm. handle yep and let her know she'd really appreciate it if you guys reached out to her and shared tag me baby mm-hmm. tags screenshot on the stories all the stuff all the stuff the cool kids do uh-huh. hey hang tight we got more episodes coming your way here on the mind your business podcast take care Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. 
If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.